No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today, I'm in here with Wolf Tyler. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No, it's very, very exciting to have you on here. You, uh, you've been doing your thing for a minute, and I think it's very important that we find out more about you. Thank you. Yeah. Trying. Let's hear the, the basics, though. Where are you from? And let's talk about your upbringing a little bit. I'm from New York. Which borough are we talking? Not a borough. Well, I kind of grew up in, like, Queens, and then I moved to Long Island. Okay. So, so you're, like, deep Queens, so you don't want to fully claim the city? Like, around Fresh Meadows, but okay. I feel like I just claim New York as a whole. Right. Like, well, you could I'm be from, like me. I live, I, in New, I live in Queens and Brooklyn for, like, eight years, and I'm just still claiming it. I'm still acting like I'm from as there. As you should. No, 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 no. I never <laughs> really claim it, but I don't, like, you know. It's very, very hard to explain to a lot of people, like, where you fall. When you talk to somebody exactly. who's from, um, oh, what do you call it, right past the Bronx? Shit, I've been going way too long. Yeah. But it's just, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, I didn't grow up in Times Square. No, for sure. N- neither did Almost I. Almost nobody grows up in Times Square. Yeah. But what, was your, what was your upbringing, upbringing like out there? Um, born and raised in New York. Started getting into music. Started off just doing, like, funny six-second little videos on Vine. That's how I started off. At what age? At you are so young to be a Vine kid. You must have been like minuscule. 16, 17. Oh, okay. Even then, though. Okay. Yeah, just making stupid little videos, and I'm 23 now. Who so. inspired you to do the Vine thing? There was so much talent on Vine. Honestly, I don't feel like anyone really inspired me at that moment. It was just something that people were talking about in high school. Okay. So it kind of, the word got around, and I was like, you know what? Let me just let me check it out, because so many people are talking about it, and then... I just started uploading videos, and people in school were watching it. People outside in other schools were watching it, and then they came out with the repost button, and that's mm. when things just started going up. How'd you get repost? Though were you scheming? Were you talking to like King King Batch or whatever, and no, telling him really, like, "Yo, help me out, man." I really wasn't talking to any of like the other viners that were, I guess, larger than me, mm. and saying like, "Hey, repost me or show me out and post me up on the story." It was more just like really organic. Everything was super authentic. And they just loved the content. Mm, what kind of videos were you making at first, though? I was making kind of like little jingles, making up little lyrics over some instrumentals, and then filming my mom a lot, mm. just always yelling and being a mom. Isn't it great how we're all supposed to just pretend that TikTok is this brilliant new thing, and I'm sitting here talking to you about Vine, and it's literally the exact it's same thing? It's literally the exact same thing, just, I guess, more dancing. More dancing. It could right. be longer. Right. There's more money behind it. I mean, Vine's problem is that Twitter bought it and had no use for it. Yeah, TikTok is huge right now. Mm, TikTok is its own business model. Yeah, it's you, really surprising. You're going crazy on there, too? Um, I actually just recently got on there. Okay. Um, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. And I just, just put in the same type of content. Like, people have been asking me, hey, can you get on there? Can you get on there? So I'm like, all right. So I've just been uploading, like, old Vines onto oh, TikTok. Oh, really? And they're yeah. doing good? They're doing pretty well. Wow. Can't so complain. I, I have it. I follow. I, I have it only because I read an article about the Hype House. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sounds interesting. And so I started looking at it and interesting. Yeah. Brands are starting to get on that platform and willing to compensate like artists, influencers and all that stuff. That's what so. I assume when I look at that, because I noticed that they're using like the same songs over right. and over and over. And I'm like, holy shit, what kind of check did the label cut so that everybody would be dancing to this fucking song? Exactly. And it's a really great way to like promote your music too mm. on that platform. Yeah, see, that makes sense. Especially for like an independent artist like me, just using those platforms and having those things available. It's really helpful. You ever feel like you're getting a little too old for TikTok though? That's um, 100% how I feel. 
after Vine kind of took an end, I felt like I did obviously grow kind of out of it. And I think it was really hard for me because as an artist, I was like, you know, I want people to recognize me as an artist, respect right. me as an artist. So it was very difficult to be like, hey, you know, I'm kind of funny, but then at the same time, I also do music. Mm. So a lot of like my fans are like, we want you to keep on making that content. And I'm just like, but listen to this music though. And they're like, but we'll listen to the music, right. but still make this content. So it was really difficult for me to do that. But I think once I started like releasing, you know, all tinted and candy and I started really translating everything that I was doing in these vines and these funny videos into my music videos, right. then they just started falling in love with everything. Right. And it kind of all connected. And I was like, great. Now I could like feel like I can continue to be myself just in a more artist, creative type of way. Right. Because it's, it, you know, it's so crazy because it's so easy to express yourself on the internet these days. and yeah. it, But it's hard because as a female entertainer, it's like you could present like a sexualized version of yourself. You can mm -hmm. present like a, which is obviously on Instagram, you just see that constantly on TikTok or whatever, you could present like a really silly, goofy, viral version of right. yourself. Some of this doesn't always seem to appear like it is a good thing for your music career. Like if you're right. putting too many booty shots or if you're being too goofy on TikTok, like do you think about that? Because you kind of blew up off of some of the goofy stuff, but it's like the industry doesn't want women to be like real people with like multi-sided personalities. It wants you to be one thing. Yeah, I could feel, I mean, I could definitely see how sometimes the industry and like the entertainment business can really box, you know, in particular women in. But I mean, it's really just, I think, staying true to yourself. It's who you want to be. It's who you want to present yourself. So if it's like, if you do want to post those booty pics on Instagram and that makes you feel confident within yourself and then okay, you know, like... I feel like people out here are always going to say something. They're not going to like what you do. They're going to say, we hate this music, or you post way too many pictures with nothing on, or you post too many pictures with too much clothes on, because mm -hmm. I've gotten that too. Really? Where people are like, you always dress like a boy. Like, you always look like a little boy. Like, like take it off. And I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> little boy. That's right. a weird like way to just say like you're not showing enough skin. Exactly. So I think it's just the image of how you want to represent yourself. You know, do you want to go into the music business looking like a strictly entertainer? Mm. And is that your image that you want to choose? Um, it could be something as simple as always wearing a blonde wig, always wearing, mm. you know, tight clothes. And that's not to say that's who they are mm -hmm. in real life. That just might be what they're what their um their outfit is you know it's so. interesting because these days like i feel like when i was younger it was much more common that in terms of famous people you would never see the non-made-up version of them right nowadays everybody is on social media so much that even the super high instagram model girls you could pretty much see them without makeup on from time to time on their story and stuff because it's right. like impossible to keep up that facade yeah. All the time. I think it's definitely, you know, difficult to keep up that facade. But, hey, I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, who, even you knows, you can do it, yeah. who even knows if it's a facade. And the way that I look at it is just, like, I'll scroll on the gram and I'll see someone, like, with no clothes on or something or mm -hmm. with a lot of makeup on. I'm just like, look, like, as long as you're getting your money, like, go crazy. You're happy. You're mm -hmm. healthy. Great. Definitely. Do you, you know? How do you identify the type of music that you wanted to make, though? And were you uh, making music before the Vine fame? I wrote my first song in 2015, which is Feels. And I released that one. And it's actually 
a crazy story because I got kind of intimidated after I released it. Really? Because it did so well on SoundCloud. Um, but basically, like, I was doing kind of little jingles on Vine. Mm -hmm. And then I translated it into music. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm always listening to beats. I'm always writing poetry down. I'm always just having these ideas. Let me figure out how to get them out. And then I started doing music sessions and meeting up with producers and just grinding that way, mm. just trying to figure it out. Really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like you went, so like a lot of people go in like a straight rap direction, whereas you went more like the pop star side of things, wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah, it's like a little R&B kind of funk. Right. I'm slowly trying to transition into K-pop too because, really? yeah, my mom is half Korean. I mean, wow. well, my mom is full Korean. I'm half Korean. Do you think that they will accept you? Um, I think so. Who knows? So. That, that, there's, there's probably no subculture I'm more blind to like what they're likely to do in any given right. situation. I have no idea what what goes yeah. in K-pop. I mean, like going into K-pop, you know, I'm going in humble and just, mm. hey, like here's the music. It's available if you want to listen to it. If you hate it, then you hate it. You would know? you Would you join a K-pop group? Um, no, it's over for that. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what 2020 brings. If it was the right Never option, know. it was like the female BTS, like it was ready to really no, take off. BTS is fire. You do love them? I love them. I was playing poker with this old 50-year-old white guy the other day who was like explaining to me what it was like taking his daughters to a BTS concert. And mm -hmm. I mean, he sounded about as confused as I probably would be in that the environment. The army is crazy. Really? Yeah. I do not want to offend them. Because they, I've seen them. The supporters are insane. I've seen like, them go insane on people on so social media. loyal, like. Yeah, they're awesome. That's dope. dope. What, what defines it as K-pop, though? It's like specific types of beats that it has to be, like, that's the main thing that would classify it? Um, Honestly, I'm not 100% too sure because I don't even want to say something <laughs> and then they're going to be like, no, that's not what it means. Right. But I think it's just, you know, a genre of music. It's a movement. It's, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it. We're all K-pop. It's just a vibe. It's, a it's vibe. definitely a vibe. Yeah. There it is. How did you get into the position of uh, even writing for people, doing the writing thing? Where did that come from? The writing thing, um, I've been working with like a lot of producers. So sometimes like producers will have me write on a track and then they'll go and shop it around. Um, and that's how they cut like. For an independent artist, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh -huh. Or I'll get into a session with an artist and actually sit down with them and then will like collaborate on something creatively. But how do you even like realize that you have like the songwriting skills to sort of be able to handle people's music better than they potentially could? Honestly, I didn't really know that I had songwriting skills until I really started working with other songwriters mm. and seeing like their process and allowing some songwriters to even write on some of the tracks that I have out mm -hmm. um, before Alternate and before Candy. And realizing that some of the songwriters I'm working with, I'm like, wow, this is great. This is dope. But this is not truly a thousand percent my sound that I want to go for. Mm. So then when I started to just write and do things, because I felt like I have a lot of different tones. I have a lot of things that I can talk about. And some of the things that, you know, I may talk about, I don't want it coming from me. You mm. know, so I'm like, you know what? Let me give it to someone else that talks about that all the time. Right. So. Um, with All Tinted and Candy, I wrote those, but with other things, I just kind of give away. 
Right. So you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll write your own stuff and perform it yourself, and then you'll write stuff and give it away exactly. to other people. But are you comfortable being in the position of having somebody fully writing a song for you? And like, um, Yeah, I'm open to it. You mm -hmm. know, like collaborating with songwriters is dope. I feel like this industry kind of looks at it as like, you don't write your own stuff, then you're not as good as an artist as the next person standing next to you. But isn't that really like mostly that. like a hip hop thing? Like, do you feel that same effect in the pop space or the R&B space? Because I feel like there's not. I mean, a lot of people in hip hop have songwriters. Oh you know? yeah, it's but like... but nobody's giving Beyonce shit for having a songwriter, right? I mean. And realistically, is yeah. anybody giving Post Malone shit? Is anyone giving? There's so many artists. It's like it's crazy. Like it's crazy that people are still living this lie, acting as if they're not getting help here and there. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, it just seems kind of deranged that there's such a like anytime you have a situation where the public believes one thing and then mm -hmm. the industry believes something else, then right. you have an issue. And that's exactly what it is, where the public thinks that all these rappers are writing their own stuff and then mm -hmm. the industry, there's all kinds of stuff that people I think know it's about. also how you have to like present it too. I mean, hey, like all this information is available. Like mm -hmm. we have the internet, use your sources, like I think a lot of people are so quick to like jump on social media and be like, no, like, right. it's like, no, just, just go on the computer, mm. open up your phone. You guys are on that every single day. Like, look up what you want, like information wise. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll come across it. Like, right. Yeah. All the information. All the time. You'll there. see that there's like 11 writers on one song. And the thing you know, that, so. the, the thing I think is kind of egotistical is that it's like, okay, like I have guys who film these for mm -hmm. me and they're better at setting up the camera than me. Right. I know that, and I accept that. It's like if you are the star, if you're the good-looking person that gets in front mm -hmm. of the camera, it's this kind of like a level of just being super egotistical to really believe that you are necessarily the only person that has something valuable to offer on any given song. Like in reality, especially if you're new, you should be more than happy to get help from other people, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people got to realize that, yes, there's the artist, but behind the artist is a huge team a huge team mm. like it's not realistic that you're gonna always do everything by yourself you know mm. like you gotta climb with your team mm. there's a manager there's a there might be a songwriter there might be an a and r there might be um pr like all these people that push on socials and all that but you know hey like people are gonna educate themselves with what they want to educate themselves with so definitely a lot of the fans, they, they kind of accept a version of reality that they want to mm -hmm. accept. Yeah. Where it's like... A lot of the time. They don't... They're not going to look for information not they don't want to know. Not even just fans, just everyone, really. Right. It's all about perspective, hey. That's a fact. <laughs> so how did this situation uh, pop up with Juicy J and Meg The Stallion? <sighs> yeah, that, uh, that situation was really unfortunate. You know, I kind of just came into there really excited about like the first placement and everything you know i have huge respect for megan Thee stallion i think she's really dope mm -hmm. like but I so think... is this just a song that you wrote in a separate recordings or a separate writing session that didn't have juicy or meg involved uh no juicy j was there oh okay so the you... session was separate so me and megan were never in the same studio okay we were, i've never met her in person before nothing like that okay um and i mean long story short I was in a studio session, and I was playing my music, and someone happened to leave the door open to the studio session, and Juicy's manager came in, hey, like, 
I'm Juicy's manager, big fan, love your stuff, hearing it. And they invited me to another session the next day. And then I went in there, they played me a bunch of beats. I picked out the beats that I loved. I did some writing on it, melodies on it, and then boom. And, that, album. and in a situation like that, are you getting paid X amount per hour to be in that situation? Or are you getting paid like you'll have a writing credit or you'll no, make a percentage? Honestly, like I was just going in there just really humble. Like, you know, Juicy J's a legend. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash him because, hey, it's the industry. The industry is the industry and business is business. But I definitely was going in there very like, bright-eyed and like really excited to work with him i mean hey someone comes into the session and says hey juicy j wants to work with you i'm right. like yes like yeah. come on like let's go let's Cash. get something crazy you yeah. know so um i wasn't mad that any of that stuff happened i just hate that how it was portrayed on social media because mm. it just made me look like oh she's a liar you know and like someone transitioning from vine into an artist and feeling like i have to work a thousand times harder just compared to somebody who may be signed to a label mm -hmm. or like has that huge distributing company that they put all their music through. When I like publish myself and distribute everything myself, I'm just like, damn, like it didn't have to go like that. But So like, how did you find out that that song was gonna have Meg on it? It just came out and you were just like, holy shit. I got shit. a text message from Juicy's manager saying, let me get your BMI information. Uh -huh. We wanna make sure you're good on that record. And you know, Megan heard it, she loves it. And she wants to do something So with you it. knew it was going to come out for a while before it actually dropped. But when I got that text message, when I went to socials, the track list was already out a week before. So the writers that were on that record have already put it out on their socials. She put it out on her social. Juicy put it on her social. So I was the last one to find out. So the other writers had already said stuff publicly about the fact Correct. that they were involved. See, that's the interesting Correct. thing. Is Post that still up. Nowadays, people who write stuff, it feels like they're sort of looking at it like, oh, everybody knows that there's writers, so who gives a fuck? I'll just shout it out. I'll say something about it. Whereas right. the old style, if you held Trisha J write a song in 2010, never mind 2000, it was like super strict. You never said anything about it. Now it feels yeah. like it's a little bit more open, so people feel a little more comfortable saying yeah, something about it. Yeah, and I think just by me looking at the track list when they were up on socials, it was just like, oh, shoot, like, you know, I was a part of that record too, so... Everybody else posted about it. Let right. me like post about it too, especially if I'm a week late, you know? Mm. So I really was just posting it to just support. And especially because she's another woman in the industry, I'm like, what? That's a given, you know? So. And you were probably looking at it too. I mean, like everybody fucks with Meg. Like she just seems like such a nice person and everybody yeah, I, I likes still, her to this music. I think she's super dope. Everybody likes had... the storyline of like, wow, she really came from nothing. She's like a good rapper. She's talented, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's kind of like from your perspective, like you're just ha happy to be a part of it. But do you think that you fucked up at all when you, in your Instagram post about it, you said like, go drop these emojis on the post of the thing or whatever? Because I felt like that was the thing that like she... A, like a call to action? Well, did you tell your fans like, go comment this? No. No. Okay. I never told my fans to do anything. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that got lost in translation. But or... so how did Meg end up getting offended then? I think she had a natural reaction. No one told her that I was a part of it. Oh. Uh. Um, I think Juicy's camp told her, you know, this is a reference track. You know, we had this girl, we called her up, we had her come in, mm. and she just 
said the lyrics of Juicy J's on this track, and we want you to take it. So she was under the impression that Juicy wrote it, mm. like that Juicy wrote the hook and, you know, all that. So I think she had 100%, she had all the right to naturally act like that okay. with the things that were being said to her. Now, obviously, I guess if I came to her and I said, hey, I'm a part of this, I mean, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm a part, like. Right. It was just a little weird because we didn't, we've never met each other before. But I just figured that I guess, you know, Juicy's camp would let her know. I mean, they asked for my BMI information. So it was like, it was a weird situation. But so but, the whole time, you never were, were saying that you wrote Megan's verse, no, which is that. Hell no. But do you feel like hell that's no. kind of the idea Everybody that she knows. was objecting to? I'm sorry? I, if, it kind of felt like that was what she wanted to make perfectly clear when she posted about her story. It's like, nobody wrote my right. verse. Everybody seems okay with the idea that there could be an existing hook when you go to do a verse on a song. Right. And you repeat the hook, and that's just how it goes. But honestly, like, when I wrote my caption, I really was just taking half of it as a template from the other songwriters that say something like grateful to be a part. I've never really seen a post on a songwriter's page that says grateful to be a part of a record. I wrote the verse mm. and I wrote this, that, and the third. Like sometimes they never really specify it. So, I mean, I just said, you know, grateful to be a part of the record. And I think that's when social media kind of assumed that, oh, you wrote the whole thing? You wrote mm. the verse? And I never, and even after when uh, she came out and said, you know, I write all my own stuff, I was like, yeah, I never said that I wrote the verse. When you look back at that, though, do you think that you might have too much clout to have been yes, and commenting on it? Is that what you um, realized in the situation? Because most of those other that. writers are not famous at all, right? I realized that, but you got to understand also, I'm like super new to like this whole exactly, songwriting yeah. for other people. I didn't, I was under the impression that the record was actually going to go to me. Uh. So when I was in there, I'm I'm creating ideas like as if, okay, I'm writing like, all right, it's a collaborative between Wolf Tyler and Juicy J. But they came to me and said, hey, uh, we're going to give this to someone else. And I wasn't a jerk about it. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Mm. Like, I love her, you know? So she's dope. So I don't know. It's just a really unfortunate situation. But I feel like it's cool enough. But it's interesting, though, because it's like, even though it seems to me like you're kind of in the right. Like, I feel like she overreacted. No, I don't think she overreacted. You don't think? I don't think she overreacted for someone who was telling her that. Right. You, know? you can understand how she took to it. And they lie to you. You're going to take that lie that they tell you and react right. a natural way. Now, if she actually knew what happened, I'm sure she would have reacted differently because she too is also about women empowerment, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but do you feel like, um, in her situation though, like that, you, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, do you feel like you didn't have a fair shot in terms of how the public viewed this because of the fact that she's so beloved and so famous that it's kind of like, you're the underdog in this fight and it's just going to be tough for people to even, people yeah, are just going to run mean, with a different version of it. I definitely, I mean, it's really obvious. I definitely feel like I'm, I guess, the weaker link in this situation or people kind of look at me as like, oh, you're not as big as her or you're not as, you know, whatever. Well, it's tough but to I beef with somebody that's that beloved, you know. I don't even think it's beef, not though. Not beef, it's but just like, have any kind of It's a misunderstanding. Um, 
But, you know, I'm not out here to compete with mm-hmm. Megan. I'm not out here to compete with any woman at all. So it's like I think things will get hashed out when they do, and, you know, things are always on time. So maybe that was supposed to happen at that moment. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there will be a collaboration in the future. Maybe there will be something that would correct that situation or make that situation not even anything at all. Who mm-hmm. knows? So It's kind of weird, though. Do you feel like the f- – fans are the ones like hyping up any sort of thing like that like the, the any little thing that you or her might say that the fans end up amplifying it like crazy um i think i don't think her fans or my fans are really even talking about it anymore oh so you didn't have like the meg army coming for you or anything well when it first came out yes okay. i definitely had the hot girls coming for me oh that's what like, they're called it's I not the beehive yeah. it's the hot girls okay i think it's the hot girls yeah i'm a hot girl they were <laughs> They were definitely coming at me because, I mean, hey, you know, you're going to defend who you love, who you support, who whose music you love. Mm. And I totally get that, too. So I don't have any hate towards the hot girls either. Um, but we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no. OK. Nobody else in the room. <laughs> but Yeah. It's just it just is what it is. Hey, it was, that was your first like actual hip hop beef. We're not going to call it a beef, but tension. yeah. For sure. And I'm just like, let's not have that happen ever again. Really? Um, You're not about the friction? Because a lot of people would be happy with it. They'd be like, wow, like that was that was good for my career. No, like I really don't like going on social media and having to do the Mm. here's the receipts, here's the (laughs) screenshots. And I had to do that because it was like, oh, my gosh, like I hated doing that. But I had to because it was just of that magnitude and i think after i put those screenshots up unfortunately like everything died down everyone was like oh that's always weird when people are super mad and then you post one little thing and everybody's just like oh never mind (laughs) they just sort of like retreat give up yeah i never really like to talk about like social media drama and stuff but right well hey we got it out there I had to just, I had to do it (laughs) so more about you what's your uh day-to-day life like talk to us about the, the the vibes my day-to-day life, uh, if I'm not in the studio, I'm probably with my family. If I'm not with my family or in the studio, I'm probably playing Apex Legends on PS4. That's your game. Wow. I love that game. Really? So yeah. you don't play Fortnite? No. You just skip that completely, or you just think Apex Legends is way better? I just like Apex Legends better. Right. People have been trying to get me into Call of Duty, but I'm like, I'm, a, I'm an Apex. You're just sticking to the franchise. That's good to know. Yeah. I love Apex. I'm like literally the other day I was playing it till eleven in the morning. Really? Off bourbon. Wow. Off bourbon. She Off said. bourbon. <laughs> Do you find that your skills are better as you as yes. you drink? Really? Pers- I personally think so, yeah. Are you like a more risk taking player? You're like more in the zone? Yeah, I think it suits my anxiety maybe. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I always wonder how my uh gaming skills are affected by the weed. <laughs> but normally like you can't play poker and smoke weed. Like I can't. Like be in a casino. I've, I've actually never played poker before. You're getting into it. I swear it's coming back. Um, okay, but bourbon—that's your drink of choice. Hell no. No. Just that, was to be just the, that was just the, that was just the option. Right. Just at that moment, but I think my drink of choice, Jaeger. 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 Wow. So you're like pretty hardcore. You're not like one of these girls out here drinking like tequila and lime. Jaeger, Ciroc, Henny. Really. Yeah. That's yeah. I feel like nine times out of ten girls want tequila, maybe vodka oh, these days. Oh, tequila is right. dangerous. It, but yes, it is. With the shits. And You're not uh, new to this. I'm a rosé girl, too. Really? Moscato. You know what? I like a lot of alcohols. <laughs> 
now that I think of it. So you don't smoke, but you drink? I do both. Oh, you Sometimes. Drink, you smoke as well? Yeah. In what, what form? You're a, ba- a backwood girl? Uh, Swisher girl? Backwood, papers, swishers. Anything. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. For but real. I, I like papers the most, though. Me too. I like out of a bowl. Not put tobacco in it, though. So it stinks. Yeah. Filthy. People get really offended by that smell. I think it's the first time I ever admit that I smoke weed. Really? <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's a big, big admission. Like sometimes you have people on here and you realize, like, oh shit, they. I smoke weed. But some, some people have to lie about it. Like Stevie Williams is like a pro skater. And the I other think day, I'm grown now, you know. He was talking about how he used to have to lie because it was one of his sponsors, mm-hmm. the weed thing. And I'm like, damn, you were lying. Like, who the fuck would believe that you didn't smoke weed? Like, I know you smoke weed. Who the fuck is is falling for it? Well, what I can definitely say is that I think I started smoking a lot more weed once I moved out to LA. Oh, everyone. It's like so much, even though it's easy to get in New York or wherever, it's so much easier here and everybody else is smoking. No, even as an artist too, it's like these, these weed companies, they're just like, here, here, here. I'm like, what? But yeah, because any like even like, you know, the the smaller they are, the thirstier they are when it comes to the little weed companies and they just fucking want to pull up. Oh yeah. They can be pesticide weed. Yeah. Be careful. You got hit with that before? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I don't know. I don't know if I ever got served bad weed. I had a girl tell me she had to go to rehab one time because she did weed and it was laced with heroin. Oh, and God I'm like, bless. that's. A, I think you might have made that up. But also, that's horrible if that's true. That's horrible. I hope she's okay. I just don't know if I believe it. It just sounds kind of made up. But I guess that probably is possible. It could be. Definitely. Um, so where are you at in terms of where you're, where you're planning on going with your career now? Are you signed? I'm not signed. Oh, okay. So you're, By choice. you're fielding the offers though, for sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, I just released Altenaid last year in like August. We just came out with Candy. I co-produced it with Timberland. Wow. And that just released, that was my first holiday release. And really I've just been releasing some singles, releasing some visuals with it, and now we're getting ready to release an EP. Mm, there it is. But you don't feel like you need the label's powers to do this? Not really. I mean, what would I really need from the label, you know? I actually really enjoy just seeing my numbers organically mm. without the machines, without the paid promos, like all the radio spins and everything. That's just all organic. Really? I've never paid like anyone on radio to be like, hey, can you can you play my stuff? Hmm. I mean, maybe it'll get there for sure. Um, but how do you, how, when you walk out of those label me- meetings, what do you feel like they're missing in terms of what they could bring to the table? Or you feel like you just are capable of like navigating this part of your career by yourself? I don't think it's necessarily what they're missing. It's more so does it make sense for me, hmm. you know? Um, yes, as an independent artist, my journey is taking a little bit longer you know, compared to maybe someone who has this huge bank behind them. Mm. And I might be taking my bank from, you know, the same one that I get groceries with. But (laughs) it's just about patience. You know, I feel like I know exactly where I'm going. I see what's happening. I see the reaction from the music. And I don't feel like I need to get someone involved that may not, you know, help that or may not have that same passion that I do. You know, you sign to a label, you get shelved, and then what? Yeah, because they might be passionate for a while, but who knows when that Right, and you know, every single time that you walk into a label, like, 
they're going to always have that first, uh, what's that thing called in the beginning of the relationship where you guys are like lying to each other for like the first three months? <laughs> lying to each other? I don't know. But there's definitely that like the, the time puppy period, phase, where, the, pa- the puppy the love phase yeah. where it's like so intense. Wait, but yes. isn't puppy love just like your first love? You're like 16 falling in love and it feels so amazing. But those labels, man, they have that puppy love in the beginning. Right. And then, you know, who knows? After you sign those paperwork, they're like. Yeah. Once you've done enough label meetings and you sort of start to realize like, oh, these motherfuckers will literally tell me anything. Right. But don't (laughs) get me wrong. There's some labels. There's some like Mm. wholesome A&Rs and there's really like some wholesome people at labels that really actually do believe in artists. And mm-hmm. I think it's just about finding those people and weeding out, you know, who those people are. And then, you know, if you want to sign, go to a label. The fucked but, up thing, though, is that if you sign to a label because you like the people at that label, those people typically, like, aren't working there six months later. That is true. Like, I remember when, when 20, 21 Savage was like, yeah, I signed to this label because L.A. Reid is the president and he's black and he, and I fuck with him. And then he's gone like six months later. Those and I'm businesses like, are like a revolving door. Yeah. It's just like you, you feel like because, you know, like no jumper, like I'm going to be the guy from no jumper for forever. Well, the guy at Atlantic or the guy at Def Jam is not going to be the guy at Atlantic or the guy at Def Jam for forever. Maybe for a couple of years. Right. Maybe for as long as you're dealing with them, but definitely not in the long run. Right. Yeah. I think I just want to make sure that I'm solidified with my team and my music and everything that I want to do. Just I just want to have a complete blueprint and just check off everything off my vision board before I start looking into labels and getting a bunch of people involved, let alone a freaking building of Mm, people. So definitely what um, talk to me about your fan base. What are these? young ladies that are obsessed with you like how do you like what do they want from you and how do you feel about your relationship that you have with them loyal Mm. oh my god like me talking about my fans my supporters i could literally cry because they've been with me since seventh eighth grade i don't even know how old i was then but they've been with me through the days where i've been writing poetry on tumblr and it's still there they've been with me through the blurry Instagram pictures and just everything from Vine to TikTok to all these social media platforms to when I started doing little performances um, like in Atlanta when I was doing Vine meetups, when I was doing meet and greets, when we went to the Florida mall and shut that entire mall down wow. that it had to be escorted by police. You, you caused a, a flash riot in the mall or whatever? Yes. Flash the Florida mob? mall. Really? Yeah. And I think it was like 2016, 2015. Damn. hmm That's official. Yeah, but you know, those are the my fans are pretty much like the only thing that I got other than my family. Like I really consider them family and it's really dope that they can give me constructive criticism while also giving me love and always checking in. It's like I'm like a strong friend for them. Mm. They're like a strong friend for me, and like we check in on each other, so it's really dope. Like but is, some... does it ever get too real? Like you got the the fan that is like reaching out to you, and like they're you know being supportive and stuff, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden one day they want you to like coach them through not killing themselves or something, and it's like holy shit, like maybe yeah, I shouldn't I open mean, this DM. Yeah, but I feel like being an entertainer or just being an artist or even just somebody with a platform it does come with a responsibility Mm. i know like a lot of people sometimes strand away and say like 
like I never even asked for this. I never wanted this. And but you gotta at some point kind of check yourself and say, you know, God gave you this gift, you know, to have this platform, to have this voice, to have so many people that admire you or love you or even hate you. And it doesn't even matter what those things are because at the end of the day, you're still making people feel some mm. way. And and I think that's really what it's just all about. Just always, you don't always have to make yourself available, but everybody just wants somebody to hear them, you know, mm. and care. So it's like if I do have that, you know, quick five minutes from going from hair to makeup to the stage that if I can stop and read a DM and just talk to somebody about, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. Mm. Like, you're going to see another day. Things are going to clear up. The clouds are going to go away. The sun's going to come out. Then take the time to say that. You know, you never know. Like, that person could be in their room doing something that's, like, really dark. Mm. It might save them. You just never know. That's real. That's very, very real. Um, how I know this is the most basic-ass question ever, but how did the name come together? Wolf Tyler. Well, my real name is Tyler, T-Y-L-A. Oh. And then the wolf just squished in front of it. Is It stands for, like, We Only Love Family. Oh. And wolf spiritually is just you care about the people that are around you, your family, it's a pack, you're loyal, but then also has a flip side where you can also be perfectly capable with just being alone, like mm. a lone wolf. So Damn. Wolf Tyler. There's a lot of good wolf shit. And you'll in never catch a wolf culture. in a circus, baby. Really? Oh, that's a good point, I guess. Yeah. There's all kinds of lions and elephants and shit. Those are pretty scary too though. No. Um, but are there any like wolf based pop culture references? Like I immediately think of like Hungry by the Wolf, Hungry Like a Wolf, the Wolf. God damn it. I should talk about that before I said it. <laughs> Is that... Somebody get him a blunt. Yeah, no, for real. That's actually I haven't smoked all day. That might be a problem. And I'm back on the diet. I ate shit eating? all weekend. Chicken and rice and eggs. That's your diet? I mean damn chicken, yeah. rice, and eggs? Vegetables and protein shakes. Okay. Go crazy. It's not easy. But it's not. You know, I eat wolf. What? No. But I mean, <laughs> could you you can imagine? Um how, how do we get there? The the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, the no weed thing definitely is affecting me right now. It's like starting to hit that point in the day where it's like, oh yeah, you should definitely get high. But like a smoothie, right? A weed smoothie? No, like a weed, like a blunt oh, and a smoothie. A smoothie would actually be pretty good too. I'm on my th- third cup of coffee for the day so oh god kind of worried about myself i don't know but that's my thing about the smoothies whenever i'm in the mood to get a smoothie i'm also in the mood to get a coffee and i just don't Coffee's feel right crack. about walking around with these one really hot and one really cold beverage at the same time it makes me feel weird mm-hmm. yeah that's a little much yeah that's a you're lot. doing too much yeah way too much um okay so the ep is gonna come out 2020 yep before the end of 2020. New Hopefully music within videos the, in the works? Oh, for sure. Mm. I'm trying to re- release every single single with a music video. The budget just needs to be there. So mm. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Is it hard to take a step back when you like do a expensive video? Is it hard to go back what? to the cheap-ass video? The candy video stressed me out. Stressed me out. Stressed my manager out. Everything just now, getting the visual, it done because it's vis- such a big pr- production. Because everybody has to get paid. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I can say, a lot of people for candy did it pro bono, as in for free. That's dope. And I feel like that shows me too. Like wow, like you really rock with me because mm. 
you're here taking, you know, 12 hours of your day to be on set, to move stuff around manually for somebody that, you know, you don't ever have to do that for. So mm. I was really grateful. But that candy video, man, that was expensive. Oh, my God. But I think it also taught me know what you can do, know what you can't do. And if you can't do it, just wait because it'll eventually you'll be able to. So mm. that budget was wild. Oh, my God. <laughs> Traumatizing. Yeah. PTSD. Really? <laughs> does it like, but does it put too much pressure on it? Like when you put so much money into a video and then maybe the video does similar number of views or it doesn't like explode the way that you fucking wanted it to, does that kind of hurt? Because you were like, damn it, like I, I, I put so much into this. I mean, I'm never out here doing anything for validation. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm happy with my work, then I'm happy with it. Like, regardless of what the comments look like, regardless of thumbs down or whatever, like, if I love it, I love it. I mean, it was my first record I've ever co-produced. And on top of that, I co-produced it with Timberland. So it's like, what? And then I had a choreography. I had a whole dance number, like... It was great. We had freaking seven foot candy white letters in the back. Like, it was great. That's hard. I loved it. And I think a lot of the fans loved it too, from what I can see. So I'm, they're happy. I'm happy. We're good. I'll be broke for however long for y'all. So, <laughs> hey, great. you got to do those things though. You got to do things that are like not immediately profitable, but will let everybody know how serious you are. Exactly. If you believe in yourself, even if you drop. A bunch of bags and, you know, you can't eat for like, who knows, the next week, as long as you believe in yourself. I think this season for sure, that release, yes, it did put me in an uncomfortable position. But what I can say is that it made me realize that I really believe in myself mm. because no one's just going to do that, you know? So definitely. I was happy. I respect it. It sucked. Anybody want to uh, shout out? Make sure you go follow Adam22. Wow. All right. There you go. I didn't even know I was going to get that today. No. Shout out New Jumper, man. <laughs> I thought you were about to shout out Lou. Lou. I was <laughs> like, wait, are you shouting out Lou right now? The guy pressing the buttons on the camera? No. Shout out No Jumper. Shout out my team. Shout out family. Shout out God. Shout out my wolves. Shout out everybody to work with me in the future. Everybody who has worked with me. And let's see where this journey goes, you know? Fire. I respect it. Fire. Wolf Tyler. Thanks for having me. Very, very nice to meet you. You too. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe, and nojumper.com. You know you want a kendama. Appreciate y'all.